What is up, fam? You're now listening to the Gamut of Solomon podcast with yours truly, Solomon Ezra Berezin. For more information on blogs and more access to the podcast, as well as to see what I'm doing, you can check out my website, keepitkeepa.wixsite.com slash Solomon Ezra. Or you can follow me on Instagram, king underscore Solomon 8, Snapchat, king underscore Solomon B, or just my full name on Facebook. Looking forward to doing some more episodes. Hello, everybody. Yesterday, I got the pleasure to go back to my old alma mater, the University of Dallas, and I got to share a conversation with one of my favorite teachers, Dr. Laura Munoz. Dr. Laura Munoz has a PhD in marketing and sales, and she's a consultant, a trainer, and an associate professor of marketing at the University of Dallas. And I really got to just share a really great conversation with her that kind of just brought so much just clarity and and whatnot. It was just very nice to get close to uh, a former teacher of mine. And it had me thinking, you know, if if I had made an effort like this to really share a meaningful conversation with a teacher like Dr. Munoz before taking her class, I have no doubt that it would improve my attention in class. I spent some time with uh, her the other day talking about what she's teaching, what her intentions are, and not just about marketing and sales, but her life in general and how she lives and how she really brought her passion to teaching every day because a lot of teachers with the schedule that they have, you know, they're teaching similar, the same subjects to different classes. And in my experience with Dr. Munoz and talking to a couple of my friends that were in class with me, she she brought it every time. And, and I really appreciated that with about her. And that's why I enjoyed and speaking with her and reaching out to her to be one of my first guests on this show. For any future UD students that potentially listen to this, I hope that it inspires you to have a meaningful conversation like this with your teacher because I, I believe it would make me or anyone appreciate that class so much more. So thank you for tuning in and would love to hear any feedback and any other teachers at the University of Dallas and even back in high school and middle school that I had that uh, I look forward to eventually catching up with. I'm here today at the University of Dallas with one of my favorite longtime teachers of marketing, Dr. Laura Munoz. And she's really one of kind of like my first guests that I wanted to reach out to for the podcast because, uh, and I was also talking to my roommate last night, Jack Brunk, and we were talking about like yourself and how you really just brought the passion like every day for teaching you were able to kind of be in what you were teaching and we were curious because one you might be teaching like the same things every like numeral numerous classes and so I guess I'll start with because you fit in with the theme of my podcast very well how do you channel that energy very well to to come to work every day. Okay. Well, first off, thank you for having me. I'm honored to be here today. And to all of your listeners, thank you for listening. Um, I think it's such a great thing what you're doing with, with this podcast because 
we can all use more positive information nowadays. Thank you. So channeling or answering your question, how do I bring that passion? Well, it's easy because I love what I do in terms of it fulfills me both personally and professionally. So it is easy to talk about a topic that I love, which is marketing, obviously, mm -hmm. in its several varieties where the, or modalities, whether it can be foundations of marketing or professional selling or digital marketing. So because I love that and I love it because I like it, because I believe in it and because I understand it. Mm -hmm. So when I, if I think of it that way, that why do I love it? It's because of those reasons. So if I can make you understand it, you may not love it, which mm -hmm. is fine, but you may like it or you may at least think, okay, I understand it. I can do it. This is not, this may not be an area of business that I want to go into it, but because I understand it so well, I know I'm prepared to hold a conversation or I'm prepared to make better decisions, mm -hmm. which is one of the things. What, what, what about, or with the marketing and selling, is it, what do you enjoy more kind of helping others really just present themselves? Or is it a specific maybe company or something that you would enjoy marketing for? Type of I stuff? think you just, that was such a beautiful question, Solomon. Thank you for asking that. In teaching, I think it ultimately it's because I want you, my student, to be better. Mm -hmm. And you nailed it with the way you ask it. Yes, I do it because I want you to be able to present yourself better. Because when you go into that job interview, when you are in a job or when you are interacting with other people in your job, it's always about that personal relationship. So I want to make sure my students, for example, understand the vocabulary they're using it, they're using, that they're using it correctly. And equally mm -hmm. important that they can be open to see other people's perspectives and acknowledge them. That's awesome. Which is why oftentimes, if you remember in our conversations in the classroom, it's always very interactive and I'm always mm -hmm. asking questions back. And yeah. you ask me questions and I ask questions back because it's, if you want to use a formal term for it, it's active listening. Mm -hmm. But again, it allows to create that empathy and understand where you're coming from which then sometimes informs my answers yeah, as well. I, re I remember sometimes me and Manny. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> Sophomore year. We yes. would be so loud too, though. That's okay. But that's how we also, which is also, you want people to relax mm -hmm. so we can pay that, attention. That's, that leads me to a great uh, question. And how do we help others? And like, I'm sure you're probably doing, I never got the chance to take your actually like sales class. Yes. But how do you incorporate being really like, authentic off the cuff kind of like how I was talking to you before we started recording with this not so much planning not in the means that you're trying to get something out of someone but you know what you where you go into a job interview obviously you got to know a little bit like what you're applying for but to where somebody is somebody's not preparing so much that it comes off like a script but that it's really kind of you know genuine okay so we actually focus on that when I teach professional sales, but it actually applies to every part of life. So one of the key things that you need to know is obviously you need to do your homework when you're going to go talk to somebody. You need to understand that your time and their time is valuable, right? Absolutely. So you need to do your homework and understand what are their points of pain or what are the challenges, what are they looking for? 
And also it is your job to prepare questions to see if you two will be a good match, regardless whether you're talking about a job interview or you're talking about presenting a proposal, earning a new client and so on, right? And then also as part of this preparation, which for example, we see in professional sales, I build your vocabulary. So a great deal of the things that we do is people want to learn sales, but they're scared. And I understand mm -hmm. that because again, is I put myself as how, how can I teach sales to the best of my ability? So I know people want to learn it, but sometimes they don't know what to say or they have misconceptions uh -huh. or they have things that I know they shouldn't say. So I, as a teacher, as a professor, I focus on building your vocabulary, telling you what to say. Mm -hmm. But then I consistently always remind you, these are how things can be said. Now you can add salt and pepper by adding your personality. Yeah. Now, just because I tell you this is how I will say it doesn't mean you cannot tweak it or you cannot say it differently and always allowing for the conversation to take its own flow. It's a dance, yeah. dance to the rhythm, Absolutely. but you're prepared with certain questions, you're prepared with, uh, you know, you're prepared with objections, you're prepared with things that you know convey your message as well. Okay. So there is there's a kind of a balance that's necessary. Because I know like with... With my experience from Dr. Yale's classes uh -huh. and yours giving speeches, you know, we always kind of have a little bit of nerves and, and anticipations, which now that also drives me like why I love kind of psychology and diving into yes. the deeper meaning behind those things. But when I would go up and finally like speak, just it would, f you would get like, or at least I would get a kind of a sense of relief when I would just kind of get off of what I'm planning on saying and just, you know, saying what's kind of on my mind and what how I really feel about the different things. Yes. And one of the great things that it helps, and I, again, this is not only for sales, it's for everyday life, it's to um, the value of muscle memory. Because you've practiced so much, your brain doesn't have to worry that much because the words are just coming out because you've said those words before mm -hmm. and you practice it so much that even if there are interruptions, even if somebody moves or something, your muscle memory yeah. works in. So it's one of the things that I emphasize. It's yes, to a certain extent, you want to be yourself and you want to, as some people say, wing it. But within that wing it, it has to be, there has to be preparation. So as you're winging it, you know what you're doing. You always need to know what you're doing. Yeah. Think of it as a surgeon when he's well, going to go like and do. It's a belief. Yes, it's a belief. You have to believe that you, a belief and a practice that you can also do it and that you know how to do it. So. Think of it as a surgeon is going to go to surgery. Well, they're not going to just wing it, right? <laughs> they practice the Absolutely. surgery. They know how to do it. Yet they are prepared as sometimes they may find other things that they were not expecting. And they adapt and they act accordingly. It's the same in life because you prepare, because you're read, because you're conscious. You think about what you're doing and how you may react. You're better prepared to, in a certain degree, wing it. I like that. I like that too because it makes me comfortable to, you know, still be myself, still be adaptive, still acknowledge who you are. Learn, always learning, kind of. You have to, yes. Yeah. Always learn, but also you have a preparation and a respect for what you're doing. You have to have that preparation and you have to like have a that re respect. Reverence. Yes, reverence a reverence. Sounds... A reverence sounds right. That sounds appropriate. Yeah. I, I think nowadays sometimes we emphasize too much the. For example, um, don't have any fears. 
Well, actually, I think to a certain extent, fear can be healthy. Yeah, a good relationship. It's a good relationship fear. with fear, right? <laughs> with reasonable fear, uh, you know, especially if you know that the consequences are bad. Can you afford to do that? Well, probably, like, for example, if I'm teaching my kid, don't touch the fire because you're going to get born. Well, now, if he may touch it and I was not paying attention, now he has a healthy relationship yeah. with fire. But that's a real, like, experience, though. It's all because... Um, that's interesting. I was listening or reading something about that because it's one thing to like, we have so many not, we have knowledge based on what other people are kind of telling us. And some things obviously like the fire, mm -hmm. it's a, it's a common truth or knowing, mm -hmm. but other things we kind of have to experience exactly. on our own. Yes. You have to experience. And while you're gaining the experience, I emphasize preparation that reverence the I'm going to go for a job interview. Well, I'm not going to show up unprepared because that mm. also shows not respect to the other person, doesn't show respect for the other person. If I'm going to do a proposal, I'm going to obviously not only prepare my talking points, but I also need to understand, well, what are the other things that the person values? What are their goals? What are their challenges? What do they want to achieve so that I can also incorporate that as part of my proposal? So it's part of the reverence of acknowledging that you know, the world doesn't revolve around me and I interact with other people and ideally you want to create value for everyone. Definitely. Or something worth it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I read uh, on LinkedIn, you had a little article about emotional intelligence. Yes. And to be honest, like the, my favorite classes, like uh, when I was in the grad program last oh. semester with uh, Dr. Rosemary, with the effective leader. Yes. Um, I, I never really scored so well on like <laughs> the SATs and stuff. And so I thought, and I kind of figured the emotional, the EQ kind of stuff is where I may have a stronger kind of, <laughs> yes. a stronger skill. Um, and so I really kind of enjoyed what you, you had like a short article about it, but mm -hmm. what is, now nowadays I think emotional intelligence is becoming more and more important kind of more so than regular IQ. Yes. Um, so how are you teaching anything about emotional intelligence along with like the marketing? Well, I'm sure it's kind of, it pairs together. Yes, absolutely. We especially do, so as part of my professional sales class, I include, especially in the early, in the first month, in the first meetings, we do at least 10 to 15 minutes of emotional intelligence exercises or we do, um, you know, we read what is the definition of something and say, well, how could we apply it? How are we going to change it? And I also make them do a commitment as to how am I going to change this week or how, what am I going to watch out so I can become more emotionally, emotionally intelligent. Mm -hmm. So, for example, a lot of people, what they have problems with sometimes it's with, for example, you know, awareness, social awareness. So we talk about, okay, so as we're talking to somebody, maybe we should be looking at them in the eyes every so often. Maybe we shouldn't be on our phones. Maybe we should actually meaning don't be taking that many notes mm -hmm. because you're actually missing a lot of the, of the physical and nonverbal cues that people are giving. So that is 
I like, like how you said that. Sorry to yes, interrupt, but no, I was fine. big because I was very big, like left. That's kind of like you're talking about the left brain, right brain yes. kind of difference. Okay. Yeah. And so I would always, you know, I love note taking. Yes. But but really, you're right. The right brain, the creative, intuitive kind of brain, picks up so much more. Yes. That if we just get out of our left, out of our, out of our <laughs> way. <laughs> if you you say right, sometimes we are in our way. So. Again, is trying to be purposeful in life, and I like what you said. It sometimes is not as we before we started recording. Sometimes it's not about the goals. Sometimes it's about intentions. Absolutely. And I agree with you. It's intentions and equally important. I think sometimes we may set too many long-term goals. Like I want to do all of these things in life, but because we're so focused on achieving those bigger, mm-hmm. faraway goals. Sometimes you have things that are worth it right next to you. So it's worth to maybe reach some short-term goals that actually maybe build up to the bigger goal. Mm -hmm. Or maybe eventually you realize that bigger goal is not that needed. And you find happiness or fulfillment in different ways or with different intentions or with different commitments. And things can change. That's the biggest thing that I kind of learned is... You know, because I've been so into basketball. Yes. But I never really had, like, a real in- intention. You know, I loved the game and, like, the, the physical mm-hmm. part of it. But it w- there was also a time that, you know, kind of we identify so much with one kind of thing that we don't realize we can change. And so that's, like, what I like what you were also saying with setting an intention rather than a goal. Mm-hmm. Because it's okay to change, you know? I could Absolutely. do I could do this yeah. podcast for a, a year, let's say. Yes. But then I find out that, you know, I don't really want to do it anymore. I can go do something else that that also is aligned with, with my intention. And, 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 and who you ultimately want to become Absolutely. or continue to evolve as a person. And I think, um, yes, I think especially... Sometimes we also, again, like an unhealthy relationship with fear, like don't be fearless. No, I think fear should, should be part of your life. You should have respect for certain things. And also with the change, like quitters, don't ever quit. We're not a quitter. And all those phrases that we it's, see on memes or it's negative perspective on quitting or actually quitting can be equally healthy. If you never quit something, you may never become better at something else or you may never try something new yeah. because I cannot quit. Quitting could also be positive. So I think it's reminding ourselves of that dual relationship of everything. Everything has a yin and a yang, a light and a dark. I would, I would say that it's not quitting, but committing to yourself. Committing to yourself and com- maybe committing to change or committing to something else. Or, you know, it's just listening sometimes to how your mind is growing or what your body is asking you to do. You know, so I think, again, thinking on that duality of things that quitting is always bad. No, sometimes it may be actually be a positive yeah. thing. Right, then go yeah. in a different direction. It's just a different direction. Maybe it's time to do something else. And that also takes courage to be able to acknowledge that, you know, maybe it's time that I do something else because this is no longer a challenge or maybe I'm too, this I no longer enjoy it or... It's just not. It's just not time. who I am. Yeah. Yes, it's just not who I am. Exactly, and it's time to grow or just be different. Yes, and and I think, if I may, there, allowing yourself to be different, in in a healthy, respectful way, should be permitted. You shouldn't always have to necessarily fit a mold. Like we were talking with sales, I teach you how to speak sales. I teach you sales techniques. I even teach you, um, you know, what to say. But like I say, you add your salt and pepper with that preparation 
and you may adapt to the persona you are. And mm -hmm. ultimately, that's when I think I see the strongest results when you allow for that, you know, your persona to come through. So what would you say is your clear intention? Because you, Laura Munoz, is not, you know, my marketing teacher or something. That's a role. That's a way that you express that intention that you really brought. And to me, that was, as I mentioned earlier, kind of the passion, you know, when we would come to, you know, maybe a literate class, sometimes uh -huh. it wouldn't be as exciting. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, it's, oh, I get to go to marketing, you know, I know uh -huh. Dr. Laura is going to show up and, and present whatever kind of marketing material in an enjoyable kind of way. Yes. Well, I think the enjoyment comes because I am so well prepared and I continue to read and I'm excited and happy about it that I think I transmit it. But um, so how do you how do you do that? How do I continue? my What is my purpose? You were asking. Yeah, yeah the intention. The intention. So my intention is twofold. One is personal and the and internal, and the other one is professional and external. The personal internal is I love knowing and understanding something so well that it puts me in a position to communicate and share. So I truly believe my intention is I love sharing. And in my case, it's knowledge. How to, to yeah. show you how to, and also the feedback that you give me when we engage in fee in discussion, like in cases, when we're discussing cases, seeing how you can see the things in a different perspective, I grow as well. Mm -hmm. So one is my intention is that I continue to grow and I can share. And my external one comes with, well, with my job title. I'm a professor, I'm an associate professor. So it's part of my responsibility to teach. And to teach means sometimes to show, to allow for self-discovery and, and, and see that aha moment in your face when like, oh, that is true, now I get it. So it's both. It's one is I have to admit I'm a little selfish. I do love sharing, I love explaining, and and I love that doing that, communicating that, but also it, I wanna see your growth as well. That's awesome, yeah, I, the, <laughs> I, lo I love those aha moments as well. Right, yeah. It's the, you know, it's the experience that, that when we experience something, in addition with the kind of knowledge that we really like, you know, it's a knowing then. Yes. Because then we have an, an event paired with it. Yes. With whatever we're learning. Exactly. With whatever yeah. you're learning. And then you can move on and build on. And then obviously you want to start connecting all the pieces logically and see the bigger picture. Mm -hmm. so, you know, sometimes we get so, our view is so focused in that, you know, we need to maybe have an a bird's view and like oh okay now I see how everything starts to fit together mm -hmm. nice mm -hmm. <laughs> I have a couple more questions yes please how would you kind of improve our schooling systems and stuff because as we were talking about emotional intelligence and, and you know even setting intentions why are why don't we kind of teach that more into you know elementary schools and different kind of I would things. love and even even yes. at the beginning of college like you know the effective leader class would have been a great freshman class class yes I, I think that we've sometimes we've gotten so much into teaching a specific subject matter or a certain skill or a certain knowledge right but we forget that also personal personal knowledge has to be gained we should and that's why I like to think that we should cultivate the whole person 
So teaching subjects such as emotional intelligence, right? Personal awareness, social awareness, relationship management, even uh, financial knowledge, basic things that should allow people to be a wholesome person, to grow the whole person. Teach kids, you know, what emotions are, the nature of emotions, how yeah. do they evolve and change, you know, so that you can name your emotion, how to have difficult conversations, how to be a respectful individual, yeah. all of those things, I think. And that's why I try to include them, for example, in professional sales, my emotional intelligence, because again, I think we should aim to cultivate the whole persona. Mm -hmm. So the way I personally do it, for example, is I... I love listening or reading podcasts on self-improvement and psychology and obviously business the business podcasts. But then I'm guilty of sometimes, you know, forgetting about my own. Maybe I should read a little bit more about, you know, certain technical aspects of marketing. So I need to remind myself to, again, it's the whole person. Yeah. To try to be a cultivated person where I try to take a 360 view and look all around me. Yeah, that's something I think I improve on. I agree and love the transformation, kind of the wholeness, because that's kind of what I, that's like the intention that I want to bring as well. And I like what you said about the power of naming emotions, because mm -hmm. that has been like very liberating to me, because, you know, even if it's just dri driving over here and, yes. you know, there's anticipation, oh, what am I going to talk about? <laughs> but the thing is, like, when you name it, and you kind of welcome that emotion yes. so you can laugh at it and realize that it's really just a thought that and it, it doesn't really exist. Exactly. You know, it's, no, it exists as long as it has to exist. Yes, but it's yes. but it's also it's kind of it's it's a fear. So it's it's just a thought that comes from something from childhood or whatever. Yes, exactly. You know, like why what's I was driving. I'm like, oh, anticipation. Nice, and nice of you to, sh <laughs> to nice show of you up. To show up. <laughs> yes, but see, that's the beauty that you can name your emotions. And I actually talked about it um, a few months ago at another school. I was a guest speaker, and we talk about emotions in sales, but it actually applies emotions to everywhere. We tend to think that emotions are only applicable in our personal life. But actually, emotions apply everywhere. Sometimes as a student comes and talks to me, if I see certain emotions, I can see the student is very upset, and I can, I can certainly ask, okay, what are you so upset about? How can we, how can we deal with it? Rather than pretending yeah. it's not there. Mm -hmm. The same with sales and negotiations. If you see your client, sometimes it's wise to ask, well, is this, is this current issue, is it, creating, is it creating tension in the team? Is it creating people's levels of anxiety or commitments, or is it creating some dysfunctions in your team and that's why it needs to be solved so exploring those emotions and how it's altering our relationships at work or our approach to work it's i think healthy and, and needed you need yeah. to have those discussions so you understand where the other person is coming from and what are the what is the effect that is having on them so speaking about emotions acknowledging emotions and making them part as i said you have to invite them to sit at the table always think of a table for three, you, your client, and the role of emotions. Wow. And welcome them. And, you know, sometimes it's, you may, as, as a sales, for example, you may need to poke and ask, well, what is, why is that happening? Well, where do you think it comes from? And kind of also understand. Being vulnerable? Yes. I'm sorry? Just kind of being vulnerable. It's well. also being vulnerable. And that's why you have to be respectful and, and careful with your questioning. And, and but you need to understand that the, the reason behind the reason, right? So there's some anxiety. Well, why is that, right? Because we have 
primary and secondary emotions, right? So sometimes there's a very first emotion, like you said, there was anxiety, right? And then the second emotion you just mentioned was fear. So the real emotion was fear. Okay. That was the very real. But to get to fear, you had to you express first anxiety because that's the one that is coming to the surface. The same with road rage. So road rage, we always see anger first, people angry, right? In reality, studies have been done. The real emotion that is behind that anger, it's fear. Mm-hmm. People are scared that you're because of you, they're going to get into an accident. Yeah. So that's or they're going to really be fear. late to their job. You know, uh-huh. that's that's the crazy. That's, that's why crazy. I love the psychology is because we make up so many stories. BS kind of <laughs> stories. Yes. And sometimes if you just ask, if you take the time to ask, and again, ask the reason behind the reason and why is that? Ask a follow. A very good thing that I emphasize with my students is ask follow-up questions. Ask a question always. When they tell you a reason, well, why is that? Do you mind me asking where are you coming from? Mm-hmm. Well, how come are you experiencing that? So I can understand your perspective. Mm-hmm. By asking a follow-up question as part of our everyday conversations. In class you're talking about? In class, but yeah. also in everyday conversations. Like, let's say... I can see why it uh-huh. can be hard, though. Because, you know, in like a class full of 30 kids, a lot of people, you know, at least in my experience yes. with high school, and college, high school and college, you know, people have... Que- we ha- We have questions... But we don't ask it because we know that another kid wants to get out of class or we build up okay. all these different kind of... Okay, so in that way, I will say you're being too nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you always need to ask. And equally important... Uh, well, I think I was the one asking uh, so Well, you were always <laughs> asking, so I loved it. I loved it because I, you should also always welcome questions because questions means it's an opportunity to address that concern. Mm-hmm. So if people are not... And also that people are paying attention to you. If people, if you're doing a lecture, if you're doing a sales, if you're pitching a project and people aren't asking you questions or they're not giving you objections or they're not saying anything, they're probably, you're not connecting. Maybe you haven't hit the nerve yet. So they're just being very passive. So you don't even know if you're going to be able to close that meeting in a way that you want it to. So you want, you want to welcome questions. You want to welcome objections. You want to welcome a dialogue. A dialogue is healthy. It allows for a conversation with feedback to take place rather than me just sending information. Nice. So asking a follow-up question, asking questions, welcoming objections, making it a dialogue, and equally important, incorporating the other person's perspective into what you're trying to do, you know, can be very valuable for everyone involved. And again, cultivate the whole persona. I love it. I love that too. <laughs> and I guess I, mu- I must have had, you know, an intuition to reach out to you as one of the first. And before I get to the last yes. question, uh-huh. because... Fine. You know, those all the things you're kind of talking about have been most on my mind and what I'm diving into and really okay. setting setting a clear intention on, you know, cultivating the whole, wholeness, you know, mind, body, and soul. And soul or spirit. Soul yeah. or spirit. Um, because I found that's what I really am most passionate about. Yes. Um, so, you know, I must have got from my, <laughs> from my higher might. self something. Reach out to Laura. I agree with Laura. you. Your but, inner self, right? Yeah, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but I really want to acknowledge and thank you for, from when I when from being a teacher for me, and and bringing that passion because, as going through college and being in different classes and, mm-hmm. you know sometimes maybe I wasn't so interested in the marketing material 
but I know that I'm coming to Dr. Laura's <laughs> class and it's going to be entertaining in some kind of way. Yes. So thank you very much. Oh, no, that's my pleasure. Yeah. And, and, and I think you have to remain committed because you also have to, like, cultivating the whole person, right? Sometimes it might not be easy. Sometimes we're having a bad day, right? Yeah. And then you have to remember that what I'm about to do is not about me. It's about the other person. And that's also about wholesomeness. It's being able to say, it's not about me. It's about the other person, right? Mm -hmm. And bring the value to that and cultivate that you have, we're all children of God, I believe, and we all deserve respect and human dignity. So this is when preparation, right? And muscle memory help. And I'm having a bad day. I'm having a cold or, you know, I I may have gotten a ticket or there was traffic and you show up to the classroom Mm -hmm. and you kind of remind yourself, okay, now I'm in my role and they're here. They pay good money for this you know, for your tuition, your tuition in this case, I need to be respectful of Mm -hmm. that. And then that kind of also, and again, preparation and you liking what you do allows you to kind of focus and hopefully do what you were supposed to do. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Awesome. Well, thank you very much. And last but not least, (laughs) yes. what is the gift that you'd like to share with the world? In a short, I mean, we we definitely discuss, we kind of discussed all yes. about that and the wholesomeness and 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 the gift that you kind of brought in my life. But if there's one kind of thing, you know, that when somebody sees Dr. Laura or takes takes a class with her, what do you want them to be to reminded to be reminded of? That you can always be, you can always grow and learn. That you can always grow and learn. Mm-hmm. All you want to do is put the work, the dedication, and you can learn it. You can practice it. You can grow and learn. Definitely. Oh. In a positive way. Yeah. <laughs> and where you are right now is not your final circumstance. I, I remain open to that. I mean, I love where I am, but I think I continue to grow. And I see myself here, but maybe in different capacities or different roles or, you know, like... For example, a few years ago, we didn't have digital marketing. It was it was it's this just in the four yeah. or five years that has taken this force, this 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 strong force. So I went back out and I learned it. I got it myself certified, and now I'm able to teach it. So even I continue to learn and grow. So that's why how I see like I, it's a journey, and I as long as I remain open and I see change and I accept it remember i don't know if you ever read that book uh who moved my cheese no. okay so it's a very short book and you probably read it in 20 minutes but it's a beautiful to the point book which is you changes will continue to occur and it's up to you to prepare for them and be proactive or not prepare for them and be reactive and hope for the best so again it's it's i saw changes and i also wanted to continue to bring value and remain um you know current for my students so I went and learned and continued to learn and 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 you know now I'm able to teach digital marketing yeah so it's it's that and I guess it ties with my gift as you were asking it's continue to learn continue to grow and 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 then be positive being positive yeah. I think it allows you for so much for people just to be open to you Awesome. Thank you very much. <laughs> I wish pleasure. we next time we'll have to record a video so they can see okay. <laughs> see, the, see the real emotional intelligence yeah. and passion. <laughs> wow. Well, thank you, Solomon.
I really hope you enjoyed this episode with Dr. Laura Munoz from the University of Dallas. If you wish to connect with her, I think one of the best spots is her LinkedIn page, which has plenty of information on all that she's been doing and what she has done. So reach out to Dr. Laura Munoz on in LinkedIn. Thanks for listening.